The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Proverbs 25 is an interesting chapter, and verse 1 uh, makes it a little bit more interesting because uh, it changes a little bit. Now, it's still Solomon, but someone else is arranging these uh, order, and still I feel like led of the Holy Spirit. But chapter 25, verse 1 says, These also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. Welcome to Exploring the Word. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarlane, and it's our joy to be going through the book of Proverbs for Alex and myself, and I think I can speak for him because he has said the same thing, that it has been a joy to go through Proverbs with you, and we want to continue that trek today. But Alex, I did want to bring that out. This really uh, is a change, and you'll find out some other things like that. You'll find over in chapter uh, 30, uh, the words of Agur, and then in chapter 31, the kings of Lemuel. So at the end of Proverbs, you have a little bit of the difference, in, and especially, I would say, in chapter 25 and then mm-hmm. in 26, the organization, the first few chap- verses, 1 through 7, have the relationship with the kings. And then verses yes. 8 and, and following all the way through 20 is your, is your neighbors. And so uh, all the others seem you can jump from a neighbor to a king, for, from laziness to, to how you treat someone. But here they seem to organize them in a category for a few verses. Have you, did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, and it's, it, it really is fascinating. And, you know, folks, um, you're, you're right, Bert. These uh, Proverbs in 25 through 29 may have been, like, collated a, a couple of hundred years after the death of Solomon. And in First Kings, we read back when we taught through First and Second Kings, First Kings 4 says uh, Solomon spoke 3,000 Proverbs. Isn't that something? So I think about this. Uh, one of the most famous devotional books ever written was My Utmost for His Highest by a wonderful brother named Oswald Chambers. Well, My Utmost for His Highest came out in 1924. Well, Oswald Chambers died in 1917. So his widow and some others collated, they assorted and and arranged, collated his sermons and put together that devotional book. Well, Bert, is it fair to assume that this is what some commentaries say, that 25 through 29... These are Proverbs of Solomon given by the Lord to him, by the Holy Spirit, but they were sort of collated and um, arranged after his death. I agree fully. And about that, about Oswald Chambers, as she organized, they were, they were a lot of, of what you'd call not devotionals, but chapels. He would speak at chapels for missionary and schools, and, and she was there getting them ready and having them, and some of them he had the exact notes, and she took them and organized them. Uh, what a great thing. Isn't it great? I just got to make a comment because it does fit with chapter 29, 5 through 29, as you said, Alex, and it is that others are hearing you as well. And then if you read a written copy, then that continues to bless generations past. 
And uh, that's mm. true, uh, especially with utmost for his highest. But here in chapter 25, we get started. And again, the first has to do with the king. Listen to verse 2. Uh, this is one of those verses that is well known as well, Alex. We've tried to identify many of them, and this is one of them. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Uh, you know, I've it's 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 not like it's opposite of that, but it's kind of. But God knows how to hold on to information, how to hold on uh, certain things until the right time. Oh, if we knew how to do that, wouldn't that be a blessing? You know, we oh, need to learn man. that, don't we? Yeah, I could have helped myself out a few times <laughs> if I had learned how to conceal a matter. <laughs> yeah, I, it but. is true, and that is I, I just see that here, and he starts off that way. Uh, God is, when he's talking about the relationship with kings, he starts out with what God can do. You know, isn't it something, uh, why is it that God can uh, disclose or conceal God can reveal or withhold because God knows all things. Now, an earthly king doesn't know all things. It says it is the honor of kings to search out a matter. And, uh, you know, the word there, the honor, uh, means it's really it means something glorious when you discover what you're trying to find out, right? We don't know all things, but we can learn. God does know all things. He reveals he withholds. But you know what? It's a beautiful thing that we, and this is part of what makes us human, we have the capacity with God's help to discover truth. And uh, like verse 2 says, when we do, it's a glory it or an honor. It is. Well, it continues on. Let me just read 3 through 7 real quickly. And you can make, I think we can make one or two observations over the whole thing and be well. As the heavens are for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from silver, and it will go to the silversmith for jewelry. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. What a statement. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of great men, for it is better that he say to you, Come up here, than that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. Let me say this. This is practical advice, Alex. <laughs> Amen. Well, if you uh, promote yourself, you might get demoted, right? Um, I like the way the King James renders verse 6. Put not forth thyself in the presence of the king. Don't put yourself forth. You know, you know the Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, but from God. And it, it's very unseemly when somebody tries to elevate themselves um you know barney always liked to sing lead even though he didn't have a good voice and that that made him the joke didn't it it does and and again i i can't help but look at four and five make a comment you know get get the junk out and the silver i could not help but think of first peter uh when it talks about the trials and you're 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 being tried as by fire uh, what is the purpose of fire concerning silver and gold is to get the impurities out. So some of our trials, some of our difficulties is to get the junk out of our lives. And what's left is that worth a setting in a jewelry. And that's what God has done. So he knows what he's doing. And that's why Romans 8, 28, and 29 are so effective. 
that God works all things for our good. That's true. And you can go on to finish that, but in verse 29 it says that we might be conformed to the image of Christ. Alex, mm-hmm. sometimes we think good is me being comfortable. God looks at my being good as being more like Jesus. And uh, I don't. I need to have his perspective on that, don't I? Well, we really do in, in all things. And life's highest good is to become more conformed to the image of our Savior. Uh, you know, verse 7, I don't mean to go backward, but it is better that the king says, come up here, then you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom thine eyes have seen. So you've got a king and a prince. And, you know, you're not going to be the prince, but you might have a place in the cabinet. But if you are a a social climber or one trying to put yourself out there, um, you could be knocked down a peg. And the prince, one day when he's king, is going to remember, oh, that was that guy that's out for himself. You, you see? So... Um, God can be the one to promote you, but uh, verse 8. Well, Alex, before we leave that, there's a perfect example of that in Esther concerning Mordecai and And Haman. And Haman. Uh, Haman thought the king was going to honor him, and he talked about how glorious it would be, and it was uh, the king was wanting to know how to honor Mordecai. And so that is a living picture, I think, of verses 6 and 7. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and uh, oh boy, uh, for for somebody who really, really got taken down, you can read Esther and learn about Haman. Go, go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Um, there's the old saying, you know, fools rush, rush in where angels fear to trod. Don't be quick to get in a scrap with somebody. Now, Bert, I don't know if verse 8 means a physical altercation or an argument or just almost like a a, a feud or whatever, but it says, hey, um, you might be getting into more than you don't realize. Is that how I read verse 8? You are reading it right, and notice the transition again. We've been talking about relationship with kings, verse 2 through 7, but all of a sudden it changes to relationships with your neighbors, your friends, those close to you. But you're exactly right, Alex. Be careful where you go. Uh, the, the steps of a godly man are ordered of the Lord, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. you, better, you better get his direction. And, and I use this quite often on this program when I preach as well, when I'm looking for direction from the Lord. When I read about uh, Paul on his second missionary journey and him wanting to go further north into Asia Minor, and the Spirit hindered him. Two different times it says the Spirit forbade him, and then he got the call to Macedonia. But the delay happened before the calling. So a Mm. lot of times you've got to look, okay, delay? Oh, man, this shouldn't happen. i got to go ahead. i got to push ahead. No, sometimes you need to wait on the Lord, and that's that's. I think this is referring a little bit to that, Alex. Be careful. You know, our steps are ordered to the Lord. Lord will let us know, but it's on his timetable. Go back to that God concealing a matter. God will con- conceal it, and then he'll open it up at the appropriate time, won't he? Amen. He really will. You can trust God's timetable. Well, Bert, um, I've gotten a few church newsletters, and guess what they were named? Let me see. Harmony? 
well, fellowship, friendship. It, I'm on I'm on a lot of church mailing lists, and sometimes the church newsletter will be named Apples of Gold. Oh, gotcha. I understand now. I get now, where you're coming from. Verse 11 of Proverbs 25, this is so poetic. I mean, this is just beautiful. The Word of God says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Uh, I used to just wonder, now, what does that mean? Is this describing some, you know, beautiful artwork, maybe? But the right word, and not only the well-chosen words, but the way in which those words are spoken and delivered. Uh, Bert, fitly spoken, um, did you see in some of the commentaries, it, it means like standing up straight or being on solid ground. Let, let me say, um, sometimes we, we say things that, uh, it, it's a little bit shaky ground, but a, a, the right word, the appropriate thing. And I, Bert, I believe, and I read the book of James too, our speech can be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And, and frankly, we need, I need that. Lord knows I need yeah, that. Yeah. Um, we can speak fit words that are a thing of beauty when our speech is controlled by the Lord. Amen, Alex. And let me say this, put this into context of your neighbor, and you're trying to win them. A word, sometimes you don't have a presentation for the whole gospel. Sometimes you can't go into a Bible study, but a word of encouragement, a word of challenge, a word saying, hey, I am praying for you, that word exactly at the right time will have great, great, great benefits if you say it. And the Holy Spirit, Alex, will drive it home, won't he? Amen. Amen. Well, folks, this is Exploring the Word. More of Proverbs 25, plus your Bible questions and live phone calls. Stay with us. It's a good hour, and we're going to stay in God's Word. Don't go away. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Alejandra Castillo, Assistant Secretary of Commerce at the Economic Development Administration. She works to create the conditions for economic growth and opportunity. Proverbs 31.16 reminds us of the importance of investing and economic growth. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Alejandra Castillo as she promotes business opportunity in our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. We teach our children how important it is to look where you're going. But Dr. Tony Evans says that's important advice believers often forget as we make our way through life. He'll take us to Hebrews 12, 2 today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Like many of you, when I used to get on the treadmill, after a while I lose heart because I get weary. So I have the television in front of me usually the news, and I fixate on the news. I'm weary on the treadmill because I'm tired. 
If I do not look at the TV when I'm on the treadmill, I won't stay on the treadmill as long. Because all I'm thinking about is how tired I'm getting, how much I'm sweating. But if I find something interesting on television, it creates a distraction while I'm walking on the treadmill. And I can typically walk a lot longer on the treadmill fixing my eyes on the TV than I could on the treadmill fixing my eyes on my treadmill. You can't ignore life's struggles that make you tired. Every time life closes in on you, that is a reminder, take a peek at Jesus. Because Jesus' job is to carry you through that sweaty, weighty, difficult, lonely, traumatic, painful period you are going through. He is there to help you. Get the fresh start you need to move forward in your faith. Check out Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Just give me Jesus. Just give us Jesus. He's the one we want. This is Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here. I hope you're doing well. And I hope you're with us in the book of Proverbs. We are going to get to calls here in just a minute. And the number, if you want to take this down, it's 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You know, uh, Bert, uh, before the break, we were talking about a word fitly spoken like apples of gold and pictures of silver. In other words, just something very beautiful. Uh, later on, it's going to talk about a soft word can uh, persuade a prince. Uh, a soft tongue breaks the bone. I mean, now, a bone, you wouldn't think, uh, could be broken by something very gentle and soft. But what it means is um, a, a godly word, a, a respectful word. This will open doors for you. Proverbs 15, you remember that? That a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. So again, Bert, I see these themes, truth and righteousness and godliness and integrity, but also... I guess I might say diplomacy, right? It is. And and notice what this is referring to in chapter 25. It's relationships with those above you, uh, your relationships with your peers, those that are on your same. And then in verse 21, I'm not saying we need to skip this, but I'm just showing you. In verse 21, it shows your relationship with your enemies. So these Mm. are all uh, God's, does it show you how interested the Holy Spirit is interested in our relationship with others. I think it does, Alex. Amen. A- absolutely. Well, you know, God is all about relationships. I mean, really. And in fact, the whole gospel is about how you can have a relationship with the Lord. And so, uh, oh, Bert, can you imagine what a different world it would be if we actually treated each other oh, like we were treating Jesus? May it be, Alex. Amen. Can I get to verse 14, or do you want to look oh, at 12? Go for it. Okay. I, re- I underlined this, highlighted it. I, I thought of somebody. 
Uh, I thought of, uh, let me give you some all these hints. I've thought of somebody, two, a couple, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, that if they had only read Proverbs chapter 25, verse 14, they may have been a lot better off. Whoever um. falsely <laughs> boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. Let me oh, see. Alex, is, is there anybody? Is that in the book of Acts, maybe? Yeah, it is. I think. Uh, maybe oh, about Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. That's him. Do you catch what I'm saying? That's true. That That is really true. And, you know, um, the New Testament also talks about um, ministers that don't share the gospel and share a false message as being like clouds without rain. Yes, they are. And, um, you know, it's interesting. 13 talks about a harvest. 14 talks about rain from clouds. Here's, here's the thing. Um, in an uh, agrarian society, they're trying to grow crops. If clouds come up, you know, the farmer is generally glad because, okay, it's going to irrigate my fields. Um, clouds without rain is kind of a biblical euphemism for false promises and, and not doing what is hoped for or expected. And somebody who's a boaster, somebody who's dishonest, somebody who is out for themselves, like clouds without rain. Um, I like 15, by long forbearing is a prince persuaded. Now, this is just like Luke 18, um, the persistent widow by, by the judge or the leader. Long forbearing, be patient. Bert, I've often said this, I say it kind of jokingly, but um, I said, look, you can get anything you want in life if you're willing to be patient, you know, yeah. whether it's uh, an opportunity to write a book or maybe uh, the girl that you're hoping will marry you someday or earning that degree or paying off that debt. I'm telling you, obviously, you want to be godly, say your prayers work hard. But when I read verses like 15, I remember, Bert, that the Bible does place a premium on patience and perseverance. Alex, I, I agree with you. One of the most dangerous places to be in your walk with God is ahead of him. Now, what you want mm -hmm. to be is with him. You know, walk with him. Isn't that beautiful? They walked, he walked with God. Uh, but I'd I think I'd rather be a little bit behind him than in front of him. Uh, yeah. I, that, that, think about it. That's the sin of presumption, you know? And so yes. I, I think that's a good word that you gave there about the forbearance and be careful on you waiting. Verse 16 has, is, is honey is mentioned quite a bit in the book of Proverbs. Here it says, have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need, lest you be filled with it and vomit. Now, I, I, mm. I thought that was, okay, don't overindulge yourself. Uh, you know, be careful about w what you take in. Have that balance uh, in your life, uh, and uh, you'll pay the price if you take it in too much. I think it's— Oh, you will. You yeah. will. Um, when I was a little kid, I loved beets, you know, like— Yeah. You know, and then one time I ate too many. <laughs> and I bet it—I I was an, an adult before I ate beets again. Yeah. So— if you eat even too much of a good thing is still too much. Well, isn't it, it? it reminds me of a quick story. Parenthood, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. our middle son, Matthew, we, we had some people that brought us a lot of blueberries. They had grown them and we oh, had yeah. them. And one day Jan noticed that Matthew had a blue that it wasn't like, you know, just something blue that you could wipe off. But his his mouth around his lips were all blue and it looked like coming from the inside. 
and he had eaten so many blueberries that uh, his, his mouth around his lips were, was turning bluish. And so oh, don't boy. overindulge yourself. Be careful. Now, verse 17, I, I want to I wanna make a comment. It won't take us long. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. <laughs> I, hey, may I translate this the way ahead, Mama Alex. told me? Yes, please. Don't don't wear out your welcome. <laughs> That's it. Now, how I mean, practical th- this is, is that? Isn't that awesome? I love it. This is just good common sense, isn't it? Can you uh, imagine? Now, I want to say this. Those people that put that in there, I know this led by the Holy Spirit, but yet at the same time, I know they were looking at it because these are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. Can you imagine when they were describing what, which one of the Solomon Proverbs do we need to get into this one? And they got mm-hmm. to this one, and I hear them discussing that, and somebody thinks, man, my neighbor's been over too much. I want to put that one in there. Now, I know it's of the Holy Spirit. Don't talk, call on me for that way. I believe that. But I, I, I look at, uh, man— we got to, you know, you can wear out your welcome. Somebody had, I think, and they decided the Holy Spirit to put this one in here for good advice. Uh, I love how the King James renders it. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, <laughs> lest he be weary of thee like and that, so yeah. hate thee. And, you know, um, I've heard in show business there was that old saying, less is more, leave them wanting more. Yes. And so... Um, no no good guest etiquette when to go home. Verse 18 says, A man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Now, a maul is a tool almost like a, a sledgehammer or a, a scythe that you cut down things with. And, you know, um, when back in yesterday in 24, verse 28 of chapter 24 said, Don't, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Let me say this, um, honesty and integrity. And Psalms says, blessed is the man who swears to his own hurt. In other words, tell the truth, even if it's going to cost you. And, um, you know, it talks about uh, a fit word. Bert, neighbors are important. And let me just say this. When you burn a bridge, you may never have an opportunity to build it back. Again. That's the whole idea, and look what it, that neighbor, don't, don't watch it. Notice this, it still has in relationship, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble. It's like a bad tooth or a foot out of joint. It's painful. Uh, it's irritating. Uh, confidence in an unfaithful man. Let me, I, I, this is where you gain confidence in someone, and I want to use a biblical example, and this is God dealing with Abraham. The last big challenge was offering up Isaac to be a sacrifice. That was in chapter 22 of, of, of Genesis. Back in chapter 11 and 12 is where God called him to take him to a place. Now, that took a lot of faith, but not like faith in chapter 22. God doesn't give you Genesis chapter 22 first. He builds it up, and his testing will always match where he's brought you from and where he's taking you to, Alex. Mm. Wow, praise God, praise God. You know, um, I I don't want to 
I've, I've given so many, so many sayings today and things like that, but confidence in an unfaithful man. You know, you need to be careful who you share your heart with. It, it just said that it is uh, God who conceals a matter. Now, I heard my dad talking about World War II, and he said they used to tell him loose lips sink ships. You know, yep. you don't want to you don't want to tell everything, you know, to the wrong person. Uh, a broken tooth, a foot out of joint, those are um, disabilities. And uh, having shared things that needed to be kept in confidence, that's a disability as well. Ver- verse 20 talks about a garment in cold weather. Uh, <laughs> this is funny, really, hum- humorous. As he who takes away your coat in cold weather, uh, and as vinegar upon, upon nitra, so is he that sings songs to a heavy heart. You know, if you're depressed and you got somebody who's all, you know, jokester and singing or whatever, um, it, it's just not appropriate, is it? It is not. And vinegar and, and soda, you're going to have, if I understand what happened, and you'll have this chemical reaction and exactly. going everywhere. And and so, again, this is how you treat people. Um, don't Don't take away that garment in cold weather. Uh, even if they owe it to you, you know, and yeah. and they owe you something. Be careful what you take from people. Even they may owe you something. It will come back to haunt you, Alex. I think it says yeah. that as well. Um, Bert, did you happen to see there was a movie a couple of years ago about the founding of McDonald's, and it was called The Founder, and it was the story of Ray Kroc, the man that founded McDonald's. I did not. What? Is it was it beneficial? Good to know. Well, I mean, it was fascinating. I'm not saying I recommend you see it because there was some bad language in it. I mean, it really was a fascinating story about in the mid 20th century, just the brutal dog eat dog world of business. And Ray Kroc was very successful, but his um, the the people that were originally his partners believed in this verse, verse 21: If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Now, famously in that movie, Michael Keaton, a very good actor, but it's this climactic part, and he's a you know brutal businessman in this particular character. He said, if my enemy was drowning, I would put a hose in his mouth. And the McDonald brothers were horrified, ah, you know, and they said, we don't want to work with him anymore. But I see the compassion of God. Um, you know, if somebody says, Walk with me a mile, go to. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord will reward thee. Bert, I remember hearing those verses growing up, and I, I want to tell you, verse 21 and 22 of Proverbs 25 is grace, isn't it? It is. It is. We are to be people of grace. Um, it's fine to work hard, be competitive, but we're not to be ruthless. We're to be people of grace. Yes, capitalism out of hand without God's uh, intervention in men's, businessmen's, and consumers' lives. Yes, it gets it gets driven out of hand, but it has the greater con- uh, possibility of, of others gaining that. And uh, so, any it's it's just like anything. Any there's no perfect government. Uh, unless, until we get to the millennial reign, until in heaven where right, God right. rules, and and there's no perfect financial uh, system that works, Alex. You know, 
uh, right. with, when men are involved. But yet capitalism is still so much better. You don't believe it? Look at all the other socialism, communism, and everything of otherism that they've tried to do. And so, again, I, I agree with you. Alex, look, if we, we want to go ahead. We've got about three minutes. Uh, I, I want to get to 25 for sure. As cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a far country. This Amen. is the good news. Jesus Christ saves. Wafted on the rolling tide, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Uh, and it is a cold water. For Listen, if you're thirsty, come to the water of Jesus Christ and drink freely. He is the one, and it's good news, Alex. It's the good news that God has brought to us that we can know Jesus Christ and be set free. It is good news, isn't it? Well, it, it really is. Uh, and, you know, encouragement, good news. Verse 26, a righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain or a corrupt spring, literally a polluted well. It is not good to eat much honey for men. To search their own glory is not glory. That's verse 27. Then finally, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. Powerful stuff. Bert, I want to comment on 26 and 28, and I know time fleets away. But look, a righteous man. Now, the Bible says a righteous man will fall seven times and still get up, right? But if you look at the wording there, a righteous man who falls maybe into sin before the watching world that's wicked. That's like a polluted well. You know, I know being saved is saved, and God forgives and God restores. But what a tragic thing it is when witness, the witness of a Christian is destroyed by someone righteous falling. But then verse 28, Bert, and I want you to comment, it speaks about self-control. He who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city without walls. If you can't control yourself, you are most vulnerable. That's why the fruit of the spirit that Paul talked about and the last one, self-control, is so vital in every believer's life. Let it be real to you. We're going to take phone calls, and that number is 888-589-8840. Give us a call. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. You and your spouse care about intimacy in your marriage, but do you ever talk about it? Next time on Focus on the Family, Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleta offer godly encouragement to married couples about improving their sexual relationship. A wonderful marriage-strengthening conversation next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A major problem with Goebbels, Inc. and their big tech cohort sycophantic zeal to censor speech to limit the flow of misinformation is that many of the very things they deemed misinformation five minutes ago are now evidentially established as facts. 
For example, eight months ago, they said, get vaxxed and you can't catch or spread schmovid. We now know that's not true. They said, cloth masks work. We now know that's not true. If you said you thought it was possible that schmovid came from a lab, you were censored and banned. Now, that's the most likely origin theory. Free speech is a necessary ingredient for freedom. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, Jesus says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On the show House Hunters, couples who want to buy a home are shown three different houses. They carefully consider the inside features, like the layout and the countertops. They compare the outside features. They like the pool on this one, but the landscaping's better on that one. But they never, ever examine their neighbors. A house may be great, but having difficult neighbors is challenging. So what kind of neighbor are you? Jesus said that a good neighbor does good to a person in need even someone drastically different from you. Being a good neighbor in Jesus' name brings him glory. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert are so honored that you're listening. We sincerely do appreciate it. And the number, we're going to take Bible questions. It's 888-589-8840. Hey, Bert, I wanted to say I'm so blessed. I've got a wonderful spring of preaching and teaching coming up. I already had some great things happen already. But uh, I am going to be uh, in Huntsville, Texas, doing a parenting conference, uh, Biblical Worldview in Your Teens, March 4 through 6. I'm going to be uh, in Richmond, Virginia on March 25th, and I'll be giving some more information about that. I'm going to be in San Antonio, Texas, uh, April 30 through uh, third, March 30 through April 3rd, I'm sorry. So many things. I've got a couple of things, East Tennessee State University, Middle Texas University, on my website, which is alexmcfarland.com, there's a tab of the calendar. And, Bert, I don't mean to promote myself. Proverbs 25 just said don't do that. But here's the thing. I want to teach your church, and especially your youth, how to defend the Christian faith. And, and Bert, biblical worldview is so important. We are passionate about the authority of God's Word. And, you know, I just did a, an interview today with um, One News Now. And a study shows 
uh, I won't get into it, but some incredibly tragic statistics about what young people think regarding morals, salvation, Scripture. And it's imperative, Bert, the revival we need is going to need to include a restoration of yielding to the authority of Scripture. And I feel like when we come, we show the evidence for the Bible. It's pretty compelling. So check out my schedule. Keep me in prayer, folks. When I come to your town, let's chat. And if you want to plan something, folks, on apologetics, biblical worldview for later in the year or even next year, hey, reach out to me. I'll come and let's drill down deeply in the Scriptures. And Bert, uh, are you there? Okay. Well, you know, we're going to go to calls in just a minute. But let me say this, folks, that I'll also, July 8 through 10, be at the Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, we'll be going through First Peter, and I'll be there July uh, 8 through 10. Hope you can be there. And so the website for the Cove is thecove.org. And Bert, do we have the calls up yet? Do we have the calls up yet? Well, maybe we don't, folks. So I'm just going to share one more Okay, thing. Alex, can you hear me now? Uh, now I can. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're having some issues here, and uh, we're trying to work them out as best we can. So hang on. Don't go away. Okay. And right. I, I was saying, you're not bragging on yourself about these. People are asking, where can I go and hear Alex? And so it's a service you get, and you can go to alexmcfarland.com. And you can follow his calendar and see where he is. By the way, mm-hmm. I'm at First Baptist Church, Baldwin, Mississippi, which is just north of Tupelo, here our headquarters, being interim pastor. And we've had people to come by and drop in to hear me preach. I preach every Sunday morning at 930. And uh, Alex and I do a little bit different. I, I, I used to stay in one place for quite a while doing interim work. Now, you did in 2020, didn't you, Alex? Cause yeah, because you, you didn't Good travel Shepherd as much. Church yeah. in Greensboro. Yeah, yeah. You know the Lord is so good. Um, uh, a church in Greensboro asked me to be their interim for actually about twelve, thirteen months. Now I had a few things I traveled to, but for about twelve, thirteen months, I was interim at a great little church called Good Shepherd. And COVID came along, and nobody could travel anyway. And, you know, wasn't the Lord good to he was. He, allow me to do that? That's what we're talking about. Consilla matter, he knows when to do it as well. I think we've got Bill from Alabama online. Bill, are you there? No, he's not. We're still struggling. Devin is Can juggling everything. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us one more thing. Well, folks, and listen, with all my heart, oh, my goodness, our nation – I love America, but we need a revival, and we need to teach young people truth. We've got our camp. Listen to this. The theme is Unashamed, Building Your Biblical Worldview, July 17 through 22nd. We've got young people coming from all over America, adult leaders. Uh, Will and Miki Addison will be there from the American Family Radio Network. If you want your kids to stand strong and not fall away, listen, it would be our honor. Uh, in the beautiful summertime, just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, you can fly in, you can drive in. Our annual Biblical Worldview Summer Camp that I lead, uh, go to my website, alexmcfarland.com, and July 17th through 22nd, let's bring your middle school and high schoolers, and we'll, we'll do our best to get them into the Word of God and get the Word of God into them. Okay, we're going to at least get a few calls here. Let's go to Alabama and talk to Bill. Bill, we're sorry about the delay, but welcome. 
Thank you. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, you're on yeah. now, man. Welcome. Okay, it's a real quick question. Thank you very much. I've been listening a long time. I love your show. Uh, but the, the, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, the part in Scripture where it says, uh, talks about heaping burning coals on someone's head. What exactly does that mean? And I'll listen off the air. Okay. Alex, have you ever heard back then they didn't have matches, they didn't have lighters, so they had to take coals from a fire from one place to another for heat, for cooking. And so when you're doing that, you're providing for them to continue on. Uh, and, and it's, in other words, it's helping them, Alex, you know, have you heard that illustration or a different one? Yeah. And, and, you know, um, commentators have debated, is this a good thing or is this a harsh thing? But, but let me say this, imagine somebody, uh, is smart to you. You could do one of two things. You could try to take them down and you could smart back. You could, you could return, you know, tit for tat. Or you could be nice. And I think the, the, the coals of fire, it's really conviction. Bert, um, listen, I've been on both sides of this equation. And there's been times when somebody uh, was ill at me and I, I prayed and I did my best to be nice to them. And they came back and they said, look, uh, I wanted to just, you know, argue with you and you were nice to me. So, Bert, I think the Proverbs twenty five twenty two. When we're we're gracious to the, to our enemy, the heaping coals of fire on their head is a reference to really, um, by grace, put them under conviction. And Bert, isn't that how the Lord does it? Doesn't He love us to repentance? Okay, you go to that word. It said a word fitly spoken is like you know apples of gold. In yeah. other words, it may be one word. It may be a word, and it brings that conviction on them. And it leads them to good. That's what I was trying to say with that. The coals, uh, you know, you had to take them with you. It leads them for the fire to continue. It can be conviction. It can be heat. But it also carries them to the next place where another fire. So uh, have you ever heard very few people are one to the Lord by one individual? Uh, it's usually oh, yeah. a, a word here, a testimony here, a sermon here, and finally they come. And that continues on. So thank you so much, Bill. Let's go to Virginia and talk to Cindy. Cindy, welcome. Hi, Bert and Alex. How are you today? Doing well. Good. Thank you for taking my call. Love your show. Love you guys. I wanted to ask you if you would pray for Dan Celia, who's currently in the hospital with COVID. And I want to ask the entire AFR listener, listeners to pray for him as well. Thank you, Cindy. Yes, we need to pray for Dan. And it was announced today on financial issues that he is in the hospital. I've been knowing that for uh, a few days. And Devin, our producer, is also works with Dan and uh, the two-minute spots. And the minute he does that, uh, you know, Devin's always putting those together. And we're we're close to Dan, and Alex is as well, the, the communication. We're praying for him, pray for his wife, Yvonne. And uh, we need Dan back uh, strong. So, Alex, uh, I appreciate it. And, again, write uh, Dan Celia down and pray for him. We prayed for him last night at our prayer meeting that I was part of. We'd, let's just take time and pray for Dan. Would you do that, Alex? 
Yes, uh, let's all join together in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you that we can gather with one mind, a unified heart. Thank you for this caller reminding us. And Father, we, we know you are the great physician. We specifically lift up our brother, a mighty man of God, Dan Celia. Lord Jesus, undertake for him, and Lord, heal him quickly. I pray there would be no lingering effects or any damage. And Father God, um, we just we we give Dan's life to you. It's in your hands anyway. But Lord, um, all of us know people touched by this terrible, tragic situation of COVID. So Father God, heal Dan. Lord, he has used his gifts. And his gifts are so many, his mind, his voice, his wisdom, his godliness. Dan has touched millions of lives. Lord, we feel like we need him. We need him in the, the work of the ministry today for our nation. So we, we thank you in advance, dear Jesus, for the day very soon that you will raise him up off this bed of affliction and he'll be back proclaiming Christ as he so faithfully does. We lift him up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sandy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Amen. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to Lee. Good afternoon, uh, Bert and Alex. Uh, first of all, thank y'all for all y'all do, and y'all have really taught me a lot uh, over the years. Uh, I would like to ask, though, in the book of Daniel, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the furnace of fire, what happened to Daniel? Because they got their positions in Babylon because of him. How come he wasn't with them at the time? That question is being asked. I, Alex, we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. I got a feeling yeah. he was out of the country at that time representing the government somewhere. Yes. Yeah, it, it, we just, that is one of those things we just simply do not know. But we know Daniel being the godly person he was, whatever he was doing, he was doing it well and doing it right. But um, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they, they went through the, va the furnace and the fire uh, without Daniel being there. For some reason, we just don't know why. That's who I'm going to be preaching about sun this Sunday at First Baptist Church Baldwin, Mississippi. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be preaching about that, how to stand in the evil day and... Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego taught us how to do that, and I'll be preaching on that. I'm looking forward to that. Lee, thank you. We still got time, and uh, let me see. I was wanting to go to Texas and talk to Jake. Jake, welcome. Be sure and turn your radio off, Jake. We waited just a second. Hurry. Okay. I'm sorry, Jake. His question was the best Bible for teen. Alex, uh, there's different Bibles, help Bibles, but a good, real good. Jake, you're listening because I heard you radio on. A good, uh, I would say, translation is the ESV, the English Standard Version. There's several of them. I like that one. But, uh, there's several, but I do like that one. Alex, go ahead. Uh, exactly. And and by the way, thanks for caring. And, and I want to make sure I heard correctly. This is for teens, right? Yes, you're correct. That's right. Well, you know, uh, a few years ago, Sean McDowell and I worked on something called the Apologetics Study Bible for Students. And it was published by Holman. Uh, it's still in print. And the HCSB, Holman Christian Standard Bible. And so uh, there's a lot of study notes that deal with, you know, biblical worldview. And uh, it's very, very re readable. 
HCSB. So maybe uh, check out the Apologetics Study Bible for students. Thank you, Jake. Sorry we couldn't talk to you. And next, we got time, just a little bit of time, and we're going to Texas. Tommy, we don't have a lot of time. What's your question for us today? I was wondering about y'all touching on Proverbs 24, 10 and, and 12, and don't they both pertain to 24, 11? And, and somebody hold them back going to death, I was stumbling to slaughter. Not a change of address, but a separation from God like a yeah. uh, prodigal son. Okay. We're going to go ahead and jump right in. Let me see. That word deliver, I, I believe we're missing it a lot uh, in several denominations. I do, do believe God still delivers individuals from their sin of addiction. Now, he does it in different ways. Uh, you know, sometimes people had to go and uh, present themselves to the, uh, to the uh, you know, priest at the temple before that uh and that's Jesus doing it before it was uh, completed, Alex. So, but yeah. deliverance, and then the other one is hold back. That's what I'm praying right now. Hold back your hand of judgment, Lord, uh, on America, because we deserve it right now. Well, and and let me say that he said Proverbs 24, 10, 11, yeah, and following. 10, 11, right? and 12, yes. Well, let me just say this as it relates to the issue of abortion. I was talking to a pastor just a couple of months ago about abortion, and he said he didn't preach about that because he said, when life begins, that's above my pay grade. Now, I said, now you know better than that. It says in verse 11, if, if you forbear to deliver them that are drawn to death and those that are ready to be slain, and you say, I didn't know it. Verse 12, behold, we knew it not. Doth not he who ponders the heart consider this? See, here's the thing. To forbear is to not do anything to hold back. Now, in our culture, who is being drawn to death and led to the slaughter? The unborn. They really are. Bert, we can't say to God legitimately, we can't say, oh, I didn't know anything about this. No, we did. And and I think it's something to really speak about and pray about. And it's not above anybody's pay grade if they look and see. Preborn is one of our, our ministry partners. And I'm telling you, when those mothers see those babies even in those Alex 80% of the time they say I'll choose life for my baby and uh, that's not above anybody's pay grade preach it hey we're Mm -hmm. gonna have fire away Friday tomorrow and we'll get to all your questions thank you for listening to exploring the word 